world. It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. Coming at you three days a week for about another week. And then we're back to five days a week, Monday through Friday. So tell your friends and make Lockdown Blazers your first listen. It's your team every day. Today's show, got a fun one for you. We're going to talk about Scoot Henderson, who keeps saying the right things. The dude just has superstar qualities. And we'll talk about them in today's show. Then we'll talk a little bit about the value of the G League, the the Rip City Remix. The Blazers G League team has released its inaugural schedule. Uh, And we'll talk a little bit about the schedule, but a lot about how I think the G League will be valuable to the team this year. Then I want to close the show talking about the G League Ignite. Uh, This is the most talented team in the G League um, in terms of NBA potential. They're probably not going to be the most successful team in the G League, but in terms of churning out prospects, The G League is the incubator to do that. It's kind of the reverse of the rest of the program. So we'll talk about that to close the show. But let's let's start here with Scoot. Bill Oram, columnist for the Oregonian, wrote a story today um, about Scoot Henderson and sort of his 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 readiness, willingness, and the qualities that make him capable of taking over for Damian Lillard. Um, I'm not going to like recap the story too much because I respect Bill a lot as a writer. Um, you know, subscribe to the Oregonian if you want to read it. It's a good one. You should enjoy it. It took place in an Indochino. Um, <laughs> Bill had to go to one of those uh, custom order suit places to, to get this to get the story done. So you can go behind the paywall to read it if you want. But what the story focuses on is that the inevitable is coming. At some point, the Blazers are going to trade Damian Lillard, whether that's in the next month or whether that's in the next four months. Um, the, the 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 relationship is over. It's just it's very clear that the team is moving in another direction. Damian's ready to move in another direction. And, and, and because that's happening, Scoot Henderson is the guy who's going to kind of step into that role. He was, you know, in, in, in many ways, drafted to replace Damian Lillard. Um you know, I think in some ways there's the, the, the forgotten Anthony Simons, the, the guy he was promised to be the future and maybe Ant steps into that and kind of changes the calculations here. But that that's not for today, right? It's not for today. Scoot is the third overall pick, um, touted as a potential generational talent, although I think that word is thrown a lot, around a little too much. But a very talented player, likely someone who can, who I think, you know, if he reaches what is the expectation for most guards? And I've done this and I've said this in a show previously or a couple shows previously, but um, you know, guard, lead guards have been drafted in the top five of the last five drafts. The, the vast majority of them, by the time they hit the third, their third season have made an all-star team. Others have made uh, beyond that made all NBA teams, right? Like, like, like Scoot is, is drafted to be a star and folks in recent drafts who have been in his position have grown into stars relatively quickly. I mean, throw it, throw a name out there. They're on that path. Anthony Edwards, Darius Garland, and those types. Alonzo, uh, or excuse me, Lamelo Ball, to name to name a few. Right. Um, Scoot has a chance to be very, very good, a very good basketball player. But what the focus of this story is, and I, I think what what's what's what makes Scoot special is he has the intangible stuff to be a star in the league. You can be a star. And not have any of the intangibles. Kawhi Leonard was for a brief period pretty clearly the best player in the NBA, right? Like, and that dude doesn't have any of the intangibles to become a star. 
or to be like a, a super superstar, right? It's just like basketball stuff. Basketball is basketball, right? But the intangible things that can make you a franchise leader, something that Kawhi is, is not, very clearly not. Um, like like an anchor or someone who, who's kind of be sort of the emotional control of a, of a team or emotional sort of that pulse of a team and someone who can do the soft stuff, connect with the community, be part of the brand in the way, quite frankly, as, as Oram points out in his story, that Damian Lord has, has been, right? Like that's what makes Dame so special is that he is one of the 75 greatest players of all time. Like he is a, a future first bound Hall of Famer. And he's also just like deeply connected and rooted in this community. Even when he leaves, like Dame's Dame is gonna Dame's gonna be part of this community. It's what makes the breakup kind of weird. But Scoot has those qualities, and he talked about it in the Oregonian. He's you know that he he wants to be here. He couldn't be in in a better spot. He landed in the best spot possible for him, and he's here to stay. Some of this is the saying the right thing type of cliches that folks like me eat up, right? I'm some corny doofus with a microphone. I love the cliches. But I think, moreover, at Scoot's age, not yet 20 years old, to be able to know what to say is proof of the skill that you will continue to know what to say. Some guys grow into it, right? They don't find their voice to it. They're a little bit older. They don't find the confidence. They don't have the media savvy. They don't know what to say. Even if what to say is kind of corny, right? Even if what to say is kind of cliche. I'm going to be here forever. We're going to make the playoffs. All, all, all the sort of Scoot things that come out in the story. But Scoot has, he has that the sort of intangible gifts I think he's going to be a really good basketball player, but what could take him to that next level and could make him sort of that face of the franchise type of icon is that he has the the sort of um, the juice, like he's got the goods, the verve to be compelling to folks who do things like I do, tell the story of the team in one way or another. Um albeit at Indochino or in their basement, wherever they end up doing it. I've joked before, I'm I'm a fancy aggregator, but I am. You can tell I'm wearing a collar tonight if you're watching on YouTube. I'm the fanciest aggregator. But Scoot has that, has that ability to be compelling to the fancy aggregators and the professional journalists alike. And if his game backs it up, this is what you build franchises on. This is the type of personality, the type of traits that you can say, this dude gets it. It's what, it's, it's what makes Damian Lord special. It's, it's like from the moment he arrived, he got it and he had a real sense. And then he was excellent. And if you combined getting it, understanding what it takes to say the right things, uh, be about the right things, and then play really well, you can be a super duper star. You can be that. You can be that sort of franchise pillar because you can be a thing to build on, on and off the court, as like a, as, as a personality and an entity and a wonderful basketball player. You can be one or the other and still have a very successful career, but the combination of both is what makes Scoot special. He's ready to be the guy. In a way that many youngsters aren't ready to be the guy, right? Like, like Scoot has it. He has it. Whatever, whatever you might think it is, Scoot's got it, and he's got it in spades. And so I encourage you to go check out that story that Bill Orm wrote in the Oregonian to see more of what makes Scoot Scoot and what makes him ready to be the guy. 
when Dame leaves and the void is there. At 19, I don't think you can be like the vocal leader of a team. But in the way that Damian Lillard, you know, he was older. But as, as a rookie, he wasn't ready to be that voice and be that guy. But he had all the skills to to take over that mantle. And when it and when it was there for him, when LaMarcus left and Wesley Matthews left and the, those louder veteran voices left, Dame stepped into it and stepped, to it, stepped into it easily and guided a team that was successful and made eight consecutive play, postseason appearances. Bang. Simple as that. He's ready. And Scoot has the intangibles to be that. And we'll see when when it sort of comes around for him and what that looks like. But 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 Scoot's got it. Scoot's got it. And I've said it before about him, and this just hammered it home for me. He's dude, kids got the juice. All right. You know where Scoot came from? Came from the G League. The G League Ignite, in fact. And the Blazers got four games against the G League Ignite this year. Or the not the Blazers, the Rip City Remix. The Blazers' new G League affiliate that will play its first season this year at the Child Center in North Portland on the campus of University of Portland. Got four games against the G League Ignite this year. I want to talk about the the season, uh, the schedule coming up for the for the Rip City Remix and the value of the G League, sort of through the lens of Scoot a little bit. Uh, and that's what we'll do in the second segment. Join me there, won't you? But first... Let me tell you about FanDuel. The NFL season is here. We're, we've made it to the opening week. Um, in fact, I'm recording this after the first game of the NFL season. It is real deal holy field here, so why not go over to America's number one sports book, FanDuel, so you can win some money and even get some bonus bets while you're doing it. New customers to FanDuel can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet 5 bucks will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app's easy to use. You bet on everything from spreads to player props to live game odds and more. You're going to find it all on the FanDuel app. But first, go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right. Rip City Remix, playing basketball games, the G League. Scoot Henderson, a product of the G League, spent two years playing for the G League Ignite professional basketball, seasoned, a 17-year-old in the G League, getting ready to, you know, preparing for exactly this, right? To be a top five pick, to be a star, to be a franchise pillar, to get the absolute best experience he can to be what I think he can be, which is the dude. I don't know if he's going to be the dude right away, but he has the skills to be to be that. And some of that is honed by being a professional early in his career, playing in the G League. And the Blazers, well, they got a G League schedule. And the Rip City Remix uh, are are going to kick off their inaugural season in mid-November. Get excited. Uh, The season kicks off on the road November 10th and and rolls all the way through the end of March where they play a home game to wrap things up. Back-to-back home games, in fact, against uh, my man Kevin Dana's Santa Cruz Warriors at the end of March, March 29th and March 30th. So November to March kind of mirrors the NBA season. You know, the NBA season's like, you know, whatever, mid, mid-October to, to April, but you you get it. It basically follows the NBA season. Uh, the G League is a little bit wonky um they do the split season uh their split split schedule so it starts with uh you play the the teams play 16 games uh that are part of the showcase cup leading up to the winter showcase so 
you get split into pods, you play some games that are sort of regionally based, based on where you finish in some of those games, you get put into um, a, a single elimination tournament. If you don't qualify for the single elimination tournament, you get put into, um, you just play some extra games. So everybody's going to play 16 games. Then schedule resets you play your regular season schedule. So there's that first half G League showcase. That's so mid-November to mid-December. You get the first half of the season. You play 16 games. G League showcase in that sort of in, in, that mid mid to late December. Then things kick off at the very, excuse me, things kick off like with the regular season quote-unquote schedule after Christmas uh, starting starting at the end of December, December 28th. It, the Blazers come back and play the regular season. Um, I'm not going to pretend to be a. Uh, I don't. I try not to fake the funk here. Uh, that's how I like to phrase it. Like I try not to fake the funk on this show. Um, I know what I know, and I'm confident in what I know. I don't know much about the G League. Um, I, I mentioned my man Kevin Dana, who's uh, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, and you've heard him call a million Wemby games on the NBA app. Um, you know he's been working in the G League for ten years. He's my guy. I had him on here earlier to talk G earlier this summer to talk about the G League. I'll have him on again. He he knows. He'll help me out. He's the expert. I'm going to go to the experts for this. What I know is it's going to be fun, right? You get 16 games, you get the the showcase in Vegas where the sort of all the NBA exec go and watch, you know, young players who could be the next the next thing. Then you play regular season games. You play 17 home games, 17 road games. Uh they're going to, you know, open up on Sunday, December 31st, right right here in Portland with a um with an afternoon game on New Year's Eve as your home opener is going to be fun. We're going to we're going to enjoy it. I'm I might not go to that game, but I'm going to go to some games this year and I'm going to have a whole bunch of fun. When the roster gets announced and we get a little closer and I see this in person, maybe we'll talk about the ins and outs and sort of basketball stuff of it. Uh, you know, I'll try to I'll, I'll it'll be certainly part of the show all year long. But I really want to talk about how I, how I think the G League is valuable a little bit. Um, it is not the place where uh, prospects the level or players the level of Shaden Sharp and Scoot Henderson, Scoot Henderson should cut their teeth. Those players are too good, and they should be in the NBA, even if they're struggling, playing against NBA competition. The G League is for the Ryan Repairs. It's for the Ibubajis. It's it's probably for the John Butler Juniors, right? It's... Um, it's for guys who are going to be outside the NBA rotation and really just aren't NBA quality players yet or aren't even fringe NBA quality players and don't profile to be like you're hoping that they turn in to NBA quality players, but they're just not there yet. That's the place for the G League. That's how it has value is that you can get guys in your system using the same language, running the same plays, the language like terminology for stuff like blue is switch the screen, black is don't switch the screen. So the screen comes up, blue, blue, blue. You get to the NBA, blue, blue, blue. It's the, you're getting the same language, right? You run the same system, the same plays, same terminology. This is the same. That's what I meant by language there. Like there's real value in that, right? Uh, they're going to practice at the at the team's practice facility in Twalton. So they're going to be around the NBA guys and be around the NBA coaches. And they're going to get, right? It, there's a real value in development there. But it is a place to hone the skills of role players, right? It's a place for, you know, Ryan Rupert might eventually end up playing regular NBA minutes, depending on the way the Blazers' season goes. But early in the year, I don't think there's room for him in the rotation. Great place to have a guy like him. Hey, we want him in the system. We want him in the building. We want him learning how we do things and what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. Get him, you know, get him playing 
16, 17 G League games before Christmas, and then he can play on the back half another 35. And he can, even if he doesn't play in the NBA at all this season, you're talking 50 games, right? Like you're, 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 you're really, you have an opportunity to really get a bunch of minutes for folks. Ibubaji, who looks like he has some skills, but it's just like not there yet in terms of NBA talent. Get him in a place where he's with your coaching and playing a whole bunch of games. The Blazers didn't really use the G League last year. They didn't send John Butler Jr. to. They sent him briefly to to the to the G League a couple times. So they never sent Baji because they wanted him in in their in their building. It's how they've done it. How they did it under Neil Olshay and how they did it now is like they didn't value the G League because they wanted it. They preferred the in-house development. Well, the Blazers now have in-house development in the form of the G League, and I think there's real value there. It is not a place to hone stars' skills, right? Like you. Players that are going to be rotation players go to the G League to just like get their sea legs, right? Like you just like, hey, you, you know, you twisted your ankle and you missed a weekend. Uh, you know, you're going to do, you know, or maybe you missed two weeks. You want to play a game in the G League or go practice with the G League team to kind of get back there. I think we'll see a lot of guys maybe get sent down just for a practice as they're rehabbing and stuff like that. Other teams, uh, notably the Milwaukee Bucks, use their G League affiliate in a similar way. There's value in having that. It is not the place where you where where stars are strong. Sharpened into it sharpened into diamonds. I don't know why I mix metaphors of stars and diamonds. There could have started with diamonds, but hey, uh, that's what happens when you don't have a co-host. But it's not the place. It's not the place to polish the gems. It's a place to discover the skills that you hone, skills that you can use in the G League or you can use in the NBA because you are someone who's not capable of playing there yet. It's it is. It is where fringe guys prove they are ready to be above the fringe and in the rotation. It's where you find your 8th, ninth, and 10th guys. And it's a place where you can really have that incubator program to develop 8th, ninth, and 10th guys and develop young players and get real minutes for young players and have real value. I'm super excited the Blazers have the Rip City remix this year because I think it's super valuable for teams, and particularly the Blazers, that are extremely young. It is a wonderful opportunity to for them to be able to balance. Hey, vets like Nurk and 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 uh, and Jeremy Grant and like you know if Dame's on the roster, it's like they're going to play right. So there's not going to be minutes for everybody. Like there's just not time for you. It, like if if the Blazers don't make a trade, like there might not be minutes opening night for Chris Murray. You know, twenty third pick in the draft. Great. Send him down to the G League. Get him real minutes. He can come back up. It, you know, UP, University of Portland is, is, I don't know, eight minutes away from, from, the, from the arena, from the Moda Center. It's 40 minutes from the team's practice facility. Like, it's, it's all very close. You can just, it's drive time, right? It's like driving the length of the city. Um, it's, it has, I, I think they're going to be able to, particularly for the sort of that Chris Murray ilk, right? Like someone who profiles as a role player. It's a great place to figure out where you fit. And maybe for, for Murray, spread your wings, wings a little bit. Like go score 28 in a G League game because you can. And then when you come back, we need you to score nine. And because you're only going to play 16 minutes off the bench, but be ready. And like, you know, hone your skills, develop your skills, spread your wings, and then, but still know how the system works. Because, hey, you're the feature guy here, but you're going to, same exact set, but you're not the feature guy in the same action that we run. Real value in the G League. I think there's real value in it. It's the place where role players get crafted into good role players. Except the G League Ignite, which is an incubator program for increasingly lottery picks. And particularly this year, where the G, the G League Ignite 
might have the top two picks in the 2024 NBA draft. They come to Portland in Feb, or excuse me, in January, January 22nd and January 24th. They'll be here. Um, that's going to be a crowded game. This is the most talented Ignite team that they've had. This is the team that Scoot played on the last two years that made him the third pick. Let's talk about the G League Ignites and the reverse of the G League, the, the team that cultivates stars in an in a program that is otherwise, or a league that is otherwise, for crafting role players. Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass, first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Okay. I talked a lot about the value of the G League. I see it for teams as a place to get guys who are on the fringe of the rotation enough playing time and enough confidence to move from fringe to a real deal Holyfield players. But that's for a team affiliate. That's for a team that can send rostered NBA guys down there like Ryan Rupert, like potentially Chris Murray, like Keon Johnson, um, you know, like like whoever, whoever it might be who needs minutes who otherwise isn't getting them. There's plenty of midweek games that you can say, hey, you're going to be with the you're going to be with the remix tonight or, you know, or, or whatever it might be. But those are for team affiliated it's those team-affiliated programs. The Remix are a direct affiliate of the Blazers, and, and 29 teams have direct affiliates. Only the Suns don't have one. There's two other teams in the G League, including the G League Ignite, which is an incubator program for stars. It is an alternative to high school, to excuse me, to college, right? It is the route that really good young teenage prospects can go, develop their skills, play at a professional level, play in an NBA-style game, and then get to the next level. And it has produced, like most recently, four draft picks in the 2023 NBA draft. Scoot goes three, and then they had some second-rounders. Leonard Miller went 33 to the Wolves. He looked really good. I I think Leonard Miller might be a player at 33. um, He's really interesting. Um, C.D. Sissoko, who went 44 to to the Spurs, and then Mojave King, who went 47 at the end of the draft to the Pistons. But... This is the, the the G League Ignites is not NBA guys, and it's not and it's not guys who are on the fringe, and it's not sort of veterans trying to to hang on. Although the, the G League Ignite does have veterans, including David Stockton, John Stockton's kid, um, and Blazers le- legend John Jenkins. Um, but like the G League Ignite produces the Ignite produces like pros pros. Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green, Dyson Daniels, Marshawn Beauchamp, um, you know, second rounder, but he looks like he might be a player. Jaden Hardy, who plays for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, they've, they've, they have a history of producing guys who can play. Like Jonathan Kaminga is going to be a good NBA player. Jalen Green can really score in the NBA. If he can figure out how to do anything else, he's going to be a very, very good player. And if he can't, he's just going to be one of the, he's going to be an excellent scorer in the NBA. It's a pretty good, if you're going to pick one skill, it's a pretty good to pick, to one to pick. You know, Dyson Daniels, I think, has some tools, but just like jury's still out after after his rookie season. We'll see. I, I like him, but but just, um, you know, it's it's crowded roster, et cetera, et cetera, but could already defend. And if he, he puts some other stuff together and Marjan Beauchamp playing for the, for the Bucks, like I, I, I think uh, Marjan's going to end up being an NBA player. Um, like they've, they've done it, but this year's ignite team is different because they might have the top two picks in the draft. Matas Bozellis and Ron Holland. Holland was going to go to Texas, played in the uh, Nike hoop summit. In fact, when I had, um, 
when I had Reggie Walker on here, who, who, who runs the Hoop Summit, we talked all about Ron Holland. Thinking, you know, this guy's going to be you know a top draft pick. Might could be the number one draft pick. He's the the guy to watch in 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 the Nike Hoop Summit. Decommits from Texas and ends up at the Ignite. Uh, Matches Bazelis is 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 a guy who's also going to go the college route. Ends up there, and they might go one two and in in a in a maybe an underwhelming twenty twenty four NBA draft. And you say, Mike, why why are we talking about the top two picks in the draft? I think the Blazers are going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA this year. Some way somehow that I I think. Um, I think they're going to find a resolution with Damian Lillard, and I think the roster is set up to be one of the worst teams in the league. Will they end up with the, one of the top two picks? I don't know. But I think it would be a straight-up mistake for them to trade their franchise player and end up with the 11th pick in the draft. They need another. If they're going to go this route, and they really clearly are, if you just look at the way they've built the roster, they're very, very, very clearly trying to not attempting to be, you know, playoff level competitive. They're super, super, super young um, across the board. And, and maybe they'll surprise or whatever, but the the, the plan very clearly is to be bad. Um, they're telegraphing it. And I have been able to read it uh, very clearly. But like, their goal should be to get another top five pick. And that's where, like, scouting the G League Ignite with Machis Bazelis, who's 6'10", kind of perimeter player. Um, he's, he's uh, Jonathan Giovoni in ESPN wrote a story about the G League Ignite and kind of the whole sort of the process, and this is the most talented team they've had, and how NBA scouts, interesting part to me was NBA scouts are kind of worried about the Ignite haven't played competitive like always played hard and played competitive in, in the, the G, at the G League level. They've just kind of said, hey, you have the green light, go shoot, do whatever you want. And maybe that actually hurt Scoot's draft stock a little bit. And he would have been clearly the number two pick if, if, if the Ignite had kind of taken a different approach. And now they maybe are taking a different approach and trying to put together a little bit more competitive team as opposed to just a like, hey, you're 18, this is an incubator program and shoot as much as you want and don't worry about the other stuff. We'll, you know, like, like just go out and play, kind of just like roll the ball out type of style of, of, of play. Trying to be a little more competitive this year. Um, and with Machib Zealous, like 6'10 perimeter player, um, can shoot it, can, has, has some defensive instincts, just gigantic at 6'10. Um, not super physical, like I keep saying perimeter player. He's like probably a 2-3, like he's, he's a wing. Um, he's just big. Uh, but, the league is going that way, right? It's like big is still in, but skill matters. And he certainly has that. And he could be, you know, he could be certainly be a top pick in the draft. Ron Holland is like a sort of, um, more of a, sounds like he's more of like a, more at this point, like an Andre Iguodala, right? Like he has a bunch of skills and can defend and is a good athlete and plays hard as heck, but maybe doesn't have enough individual offense to be like a star and maybe profiles as like a really, really good role player. Like Andre Iguodala might make the freaking Hall of Fame. I think he will because he won finals MVP for, um, I don't know, for, for guarding LeBron. That was Steph Curry's finals MVP, I maintain. Uh, but um, like, Iguodala is not maybe the, the, the prototypical number two overall pick, but Holland is Holland is is going to be up there at the very very top of the draft. And then they've got uh, another another kid who ESPN has uh, projected as the top seven pick, who's been a, an MVP in in at three different Euroleague competitions with Spain, Ethan Alamansa, and like this is this is the most talented team they've had, and this is like the reverse of the G League, right? This is a team that has three kids who could go in the top three players. They're, they're like oh, young men. Three players who could go in the top 10. Um, and then another five who could all be drafted. They might have eight draft picks this year. Um, it's it, it would be a lot. Like Kaminga and Jalen Green went in the same draft in the top 10. But, you know, last year, 
Ignite turns out four picks, but three of them are f- three of the four second rounders along with Scoot. This could be a year that they could have three in the top 10 and then five other selections, according to Jonathan Giovanni of ESPN. Like, I don't, I don't know. But this is the reverse of the G League, right? The G League is a place where role players are born, and Ignite is the place, the incubator program, where you can become a star. And what this, why I, I, I sort of, you know, I talked about the value of the G League, and I want to talk about through the lens of Scoot, is like, Scoot is proof that there is a minor league system that could be valuable to the NBA, right? Is that there could be an alternative to college basketball. It's a true minor league system. It's not true because you wouldn't have affiliates, but if you can do it in the the Ignites and they can play at that level, then eventually the G League just can become a better and better and better and more competitive league. And that helps you continue to grow role players. Like the like the Ignite getting really good isn't going to magically make Ryan Rupert really good, but it's going to make the level of competition even higher if the the more that you get um you know the the team in mexico city and the ignite team is like a, a true incubators for young stars the more that when you send guys down to the g league they're playing in better and better and better competition and eventually the g league can become something like you know the, the you know i think kevin Dana told me he thinks it's one of the five best leagues in the world and like if it continues to climb it becomes even better and even more valuable for NBA teams to get seasoning for their affiliate teams down there because teams like the Ignite continue to rise. And the Blues might be a bad team this year, so scouting young players now, um, something I've really never done. If you listen to this all summer, I didn't know Matis Buzelis' name um, a month ago. I knew there was a foreign. I knew there was a foreigner who played it for the G League Ignite, but I like truly didn't know his name. And I, Ron Holland is a name that I knew, but like haven't seen much. I've now watched some clips of him. I've read the Jonathan Giovanni stories. I'm I'm getting ready to kind of um, become a little bit better at knowing prospects that I maybe have in the past because I think that's where this Blazers season is headed. And I want you, dear listener, to to not like set your expectations so low. This team's going to suck and not like fight me on this. Like, Mike, you're a hater. I want you to be ready for if this team struggles a little bit to be able to be excited about other stuff. The fun part of basketball is basketball. So if the Blazers NBA team is struggling to look to the G League, how, you know, what what are they doing to look to the best players in the upcoming draft who are going to come through Portland at the end of January and the Blazers play them twice in Vegas prior to that January meeting. And, And like, see you know see your g league team and and say like okay this is these you know these are the best young players the way that if you watch the scoot henderson victor Wembanyama showcase in vegas that it was like oh that these dudes are really good and i got excited about scoot we're doing a little early we're getting a little early on the excitement my thoughts on the g league guess what next week it's here we're doing player previews as we roll into training camp which begins in early october we'll preview every player on the roster uh, blazers roster talk best case worst case scenarios project their role and 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 what uh what we expect from them in this upcoming season we do i've done this every year i think it's a four four consecutive seasons of doing it i think they're really useful capsules for getting ready for the season and then when we get to the end of the year we can kind of look back and think about what we thought way back when so that'll be coming next week next week is the last week of three uh shows uh, we'll have three three shows next week and then we'll be back five days a week monday through friday wherever you get podcasts also on youtube tell your friends about this tell your friends if you're, if you're listening to this in september and you're getting hyped for the season as we get close tell them to listen to locked on blazers and tell them to just 
open up their phones and whatever podcast app they use, search for Lockdown Blazers. You will find us. They will find us. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.